Hey, right today, ahead. everybody, on Jizz Talking, we are talking with the one and only Annie mm-hmm. Sprinkle. Annie, it is a privilege to have you here. Thank you. It's so good to see you guys. I miss you. Do you recognize a few uh, of the faces in the crowd? Oh, how could I forget? (laughs) (laughs) They're just great, great guys. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I really appreciate you uh, being here. I remember back in the day, I just had to think back today. The first movie I saw you in was Consenting Adults. (laughs) And the last movie I saw you in was The Hornymooners. And then I had to think, no, wait. I saw the movie Water Makes Me Wet. And that was a, that was an adventure. And I remember uh, before I saw the movie, I was seeing your little uh, trials and tribulations on Facebook. And I'm so glad. I don't want to spoil a part of the movie. But I'm so glad you got your dog back. That, was, <laughs> yeah. that had to be a worrisome thing. Yeah, Water Makes Us Wet was the last film my partner and I made. And... Where did you see it? When we were in L.A.? I was, no, I saw it on Netflix. Oh. In my living room or or Amazon, one of the two. Yeah, it was on, it's actually a little harder to find now. I think we got bumped off of Amazon because uh, people either gave it five stars or one star, and I think people thought maybe it was porn, uh, hardcore, and it's conceptual porn, but it's not hardcore porn, so we got like some one stars so they kicked us then I was in my basement earlier today, and I found found oh. this video. And uh, how did we go from being the queen of kink to being eco- ecosexual? Oh, that queen of kink compilation is a piece of shit. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I did not make that. I Somebody made, like, a compilation of my worst scenes ever and worst movies. I, I have a f- – oh, gosh, well – it's so good to see you guys. Do we, we get to hear from the guys? Are we going to yeah, yeah, put their yeah. sound? Yeah. The last the last time I saw you, hon, was uh, uh, well, we shared a room at yeah. the hotel on that yeah uh, on Sunset Boulevard, I think it was, uh, with Jeannie, and um, so it was a poster signing, I believe poster signing at some in Hollywood, something like that. And that was the last time I saw you. That's been, what, about three, four years ago, five? That was a great little reunion. It was Lethal Amounts Gallery downtown L.A. And, uh, right, okay. Yeah, Ron, Ron Jeremy was here with us. And uh, <laughs> I hadn't seen Long Jean Silver in 20 years or so, or you. So it was fabulous. And, it was uh, a lot of fun. And it was good to, it's always good to stay in touch with our uh, veterans. <laughs> yeah. Porn yeah, veterans, yeah, or yeah. as Carter Stevens used to say, the porn dinosaurs <laughs> roaming <Yeah>. the earth. <laughs> well, oh, wow. still stomping around. Yeah. And this is kind of what we do every Sunday night. We bring a different star in and, and, and old timers and new timers and fans and everybody just come in and um, we talk for a little bit. We record it, we put it up online later, and, and everybody has a good time. But uh, uh, next week, I want to remind everyone, is going to be our first anniversary party. A good year ago you. next week, I thought, you know, why don't we give stars a chance to talk about their projects, their their pet projects, their, their money-making projects, or whatever they're doing, and um, give them a chance to do this while everybody's locked down. And I think that uh, we achieved our, certainly achieved our goal because there's a lot of Folks on there talk about their OnlyFans and their websites and this and that. And I thought I'd give Annie a, a chance today to talk about some of her upcoming projects because she's going to be doing some Zoom sessions and she's going to help celebrate Earth Day. And we got a lot of stuff coming up for her, right? don't we, Annie? Hardest working old whore in town. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's start off with uh, some questions here. Hey, let's go to my buddy Gabe. Gabe and I were in... Uh, uh, same scout troop, same high school together. Gabe, how are we doing today? I'm well, and you guys? Good, excellent. And, and you said when, when Annie was booked, oh, my God, I got to ask her a question. And so you're, you are up. All right. So, Annie, uh, I know you do a lot of performance art now. And I was at one of the big things. I did a lot of performance art in college. And one of the big things was coming up with concepts. How do you come up with your concepts and how do you uh, develop your material? 
Well, I just followed my muse and my clitoris, and I just do the next best thing, and I work really hard. I think I work harder than most people, and when I feel like there's something I want to express or say, for example, when there was the drought here in California is when we made Water Makes Us Wet, my partner I've been with uh, 20 years as Beth Stevens. I ended up with a woman, even though I'd had sex with like 3,500 guys. Wow. Uh, I, I know. I, um, I fell in love with just the perfect person for me. And, you know, I figured it was time for a change after all those guys. But anyway, still love guys. But um, I'm with a woman, and she's an artist and a professor, UC Santa Cruz. And we've done everything together for the last 20 years. So we developed material together. I had a solo career for a long time um, from when I got into porn in 1973. Uh, I was selling popcorn in a movie theater. Deep Throat was playing, 74. I came to New York. And I made 22 years of mainstream porn and did work in brothels and um, was a Manhattan girl, and that's where I went to a lot of performance art places like PS122, which, by the way, I just was invited to make a video for their 40th anniversary, and um, that was a hot bit of performance art. I think seeing a lot of performance art is inspiring. I love, I mean, making porn is performance art. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. Uh, it's it's so wild and crazy, and it was a perfect training for performance art. But usually, I'm I'm drawn by my creative impulse throughout my life. I always wanted to do creative projects, and um, but I'm also I was my parents were um, act uh, anti-war libertarian. You know, they were Unitarians, and I was really raised to be activists. And so I, I ha usually have some kind of political impulse as well as uh, following my clit around. I'm interested in sex. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm 66 now, and I got into sex at 18, and that's like almost five decades. When it turns 50, I'm going to have a big event, <laughs> which I'm a few years away, 50 years of exploring and researching sex. And... My partner and I have hit on something. She's done, we've done three theater pieces together. I've toured the world. I've been to 25 or so countries with performance art pieces. And we still do performance art. But, of course, it's lockdown, so things are closed. Um, how do I get my ideas? I just, I had good teachers. I had good inspiration. Uh, if you, I mean, that's great. You did some performance art. Um, they're in L.A. Highway's performance space in Santa Monica is kind of yeah. my performance home. I just showed a film at their film festival. You know, you, you really bond with the people in that community, um, and you help each other. We're not, we can't do it alone. We are an ecosystem. We are, I always say it takes a brothel. <laughs> 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 so, you know, I... I think friends help. We collaborate like mad. I think in the old days, a solo performance artist was a thing. 20 mm -hmm. years ago, when my partner and I started collaborating, that was frowned upon by the art world. They want solo artists. But now the tides have really turned. Um, people realize in order to make the world better, we have to work together. And we are an ecosystem. What we do affects each other. So I think people are way more open to collaborative projects. Of course, theater and porn movies, making movies is a collaboration. Mm -hmm. You can't make it alone. And miraculously, uh, my partner is a good grant writer, she just got a Guggenheim. We got Guggenheim Awards. And this shows me the tides have turned because 
this would be unthinkable 20 years ago for a porn, you know, a porn star to get a Guggenheim. And also Michelle T, who's a writer who was a sex worker, wrote about her days doing prostitution. Uh, she got a Guggenheim. So it's a very prestigious um, mm -hmm. grant. And I wouldn't have had the guts to write it, but my partner did. So I think just keeping at it, working hard, there are benefits to being older, which is eventually you get it. <laughs> you get some of the perks of being older and knowing people and having experience under your belt. Good question. Thanks. Thanks, Gabe. I'm glad we got you in. I knew we would. <laughs> uh, Kathy Brown's with us. Kathy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Annie, it's good to see you. You oh. look so wonderful. Hi, Kathy. It's so good to see you. You look wonderful. How are you feeling? Thank you. Good. I'm feeling very well. Thank you. Oh, you Angered, look all good. Um, yeah. I couldn't miss this for the world. Oh, you've been a big... We came support. back from a road trip. Oh. Ah. You've been a big oh. support of mine. And, and I you've, been, you've been really great. Kathy got me a little gig Thank as a, a consultant for the HBO show The Deuce. Right. I was a paid consultant, of course they can. Yes. <laughs> so thank you for that. That was really fun working right. with Maggie Gillenhall and uh, the team. What What were some of your duties with the, with with the, the Deuce? What What was really involved? What was your to be honest, I didn't do all that much. I talked to the writers a couple times. I talked to the archivists a few times. I talked to Maggie Gillenhall a few times. And we emailed, and I sent her to see a show by Madison Young, the porn star. And um, what did I do? I didn't really do that much. But, uh, like, say, I got a call, like, what, what, was it, what did it sound like at Show World Center for example, they really wanted to get it right. And I related to season two and season three where I swear so much my life. I don't know if y'all saw it. Season one was quite violent and I didn't have, thankfully, uh, I didn't have that kind of experience. Although I was in dangerous situations in my late teens and 20s. Uh, but I got through. I was very privileged and uh, I wasn't drug addicted, although I did all the drugs. <laughs> I tried them all <laughs> but, uh, and or alcoholic and so I think that makes people a little more vulnerable sometimes. Uh, I was just really lucky too. Not everyone is as lucky. That's my dog. Someone's at the door but it'll be handled. Um, that's yeah, that's yeah. Well, my my question for you first: you you've really um, you've done everything, and you you just maintain this kindness and this this wonderfulness, this uh, beauty about you, almost like you're you're just um, I I described you as the Tinker Bell of porn, <laughs> and and you just have this wonderful demeanor Personal. about you. Oh, thank you, so, Kathy. Uh, but my question, um, you have, um, with the Guggenheim Fellowship, what are you and Beth going to do? Because I, I know it's to further uh, your your career and to to use it as you will to do what you want, uh, new projects and things. So I'm curious what you're going to do with it. Well, I'm going to make a new film called Playing With Fire. And it's, uh, it's going to be the third in a trilogy of environmental documentaries through an eco-sexual gaze. So Beth and I have developed this idea of imagine the earth as your lover and expanding on pleasure by not just focusing on humans, but like, you know, acknowledging the sensual pleasures available in the non-human worlds. So it's a bit conceptual. It's an art project. But our films, uh, she, the first one was called Goodbye Golly Mountain, and it was about Beth's 
family in West Virginia who was in the coal mining and they're blowing up all these mountains. But also um, our films are we're pretty queer. We're not gay, straight, ecosexual is pretty queer. It's outside the norm, outside the mainstream in a sense. So, um, so our films are, are queer and there are no queer environmental activist films. Although they're for heterosexuals and asexuals and any kind of sexuals, because um, we all do love the earth. We all need the earth. So the, everyone can relate to the sensual pleasures of nature. And um, here's my dog is here. <laughs> he licks my, my feet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so... Um, yeah, thanks, Kathy, for asking. Playing with fire, and it's because here in California we have a lot of fires, and we're concerned with the social issues of that. A lot of prison fire prisoners fight fires, and with COVID, I mean, we had just huge fires. They get paid next to nothing. They risk their lives, and they had COVID. So the fires. We have a house in Boulder Creek in the mountains of Santa Cruz. And I'm based in San Francisco, and we have fires all around. And those of you in LA, um, it's time we address what we're doing to the environment that's creating massive destruction. So, we last summer the fire came two blocks from our house. We have a wild white peacock we're madly in love with there, and I was so worried he would die of the smoke. It was unbelievable and it's scary it's scary we had to evacuate so that's a big concern not to what's up in our lives um our last film was about water because i grew up in a swimming pool i'm a total aquaphiliac i get absolute pleasure swimming i find it very erotic <laughs> and i adore water i who doesn't straddle the hot tub jets you know, who doesn't have orgasms with water? So I wanted to pay my respects to water. And I'm also concerned, with, like Nestle, stealing water for $500, drying up in San Bernardino, the rivers and animal species are dying. They're going extinct because of Nestle. I don't like that. So I'm going to, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. So we try to seduce people into loving the earth more. So the, the fire, the Guggenheim got it. I was shocked. We're like thinking, oh, if we mention ecosex, we'll never give it to us. <laughs> it, we're kind of blown away. Frankly, I was like, Beth, you're wasting your time. It's so competitive. Let's go to the beach. <laughs> I, but it, it will help us with our work. And uh, I still have a lot more to say and do, even at my... Uh, you know, after f almost five decades of doing work about sex, but sex is endlessly fascinating. And the whole eco-sex thing's really been interesting, which, by the way, we have a book coming out uh, with University of Minnesota Press, and it's called Assuming the Eco-Sexual Position, the Earth as Lover. And there we, Patrick has a flyer. You can order a pre-copy. It, it will be in print in July. But um, we're so excited because eco-sex is easy to make fun of and poo-poo and critique. So this will really set the record straight, how we're thinking of it. And a lot of people do really resonate with it. And even porn, uh, there's porn stars making eco-sex porn. Pornhub has a whole eco-sex category. It is pollinating, and people are digging it. And Jizzly, a genderqueer porn star, is totally you know, into eco-sex. And so it's happening. Uh, it's, it's exciting, and it's expanding the idea of what sex is and where the body starts and ends. And... You know, it just makes you think it. It's kind of, it's conceptual, it's experimental, it's art, it's, uh, but it's also sex education and sexual possibilities for more pleasure, more sexy fun. Make, you know, who here wouldn't say that the, some of the best sex they ever had 
was outdoors. I mean, can I see a show of hands? <laughs> Who likes it's outdoors? It's kind of special, right? Okay, all of you. It's kind of special. Now, why is that? I'm a mother nature freak. Are you, Eric? You know, Tell us. Oh, you better believe. Well, I live in the mountains, you know. Oh. I moved up to the mountains to get closer to mother nature and everything. And now, with everything that I've been going through with my surgery and everything, it's oh. I'm even closer uh, in my mind anyway. I can't wait to get hiking again, you know. So, oh. yeah, uh, I totally agree with you. And I, I've been listening to you captivated by oh. what you had to say because uh, I totally agree with everything that you were talking about. Yeah, a lot of us, uh, and sorry about your surgery. I hope, uh, did you have a knee, what kind of knee surgery? Whatever. Yeah, well, I had my big toe removed, um, and uh, it got really badly infected, and and oh. so I'm I'm kind of toeless at this point, at least one down and you know, nine to go, but uh, <laughs> I'm taking it in stride. You know, I that's the way I do everything, and my cancer, um, whatever you know, I take it in stride, and I I beat it. Mother Nature. Yeah, I had I had lung cancer a few years ago. I've had breast really? cancer fifteen years ago. I mean, bodies get cancer, and you know, my congratulations. Erotic, like on you, eroticize everything, even cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a you know, it's it's up and down, but um, anyway, hope you get well soon and stay Thank well. You. We need you and love you and. Uh, but you did mention Mother Nature, and I think most people think of the Earth as a mother, and the, and the Earth does support us, but in many ways like a mother. But we can also imagine the Earth as lover Earth, and or sister Earth, or friend Earth, or we're anthropomorphizing. Obviously, the Earth and the non-human, the Earth, and we are part of the Earth. We're made of water mostly. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, it could be imagined in all sorts of ways. And yeah, mother is the most common and we're not at all critiquing mother, but we're kind of looking at it as a lover. And of course, all mother, mothers are lovers too, but most of us don't ha make love with our mother. <laughs> so, so when I had this idea of like, we could really eroticize everything and in nature, you know, just it opened up so many possibilities for me. So, for example, that I go to a hot tub place and there's a Japanese garden and there was this orchid hanging down. And so I, we were like playing around in the hot tub and having sex. And I connected with this orchid and um, I thought I tried to give the orchid some erotic love, you know, and, and we give and receive, and it sounds totally nuts, but we fantasize about all kinds of things, right? Why just fantasize yep. about humans? Um, let's fantasize about a rock. Let's lick a rock. Let's rub our pussies on a rock or something. Anyway, um, it, it's just... You better get a leash for your little kids. I know. <laughs> I sound crazy. No, no, listen, I'm postmenopausal. I'm not uh, really led by my clit so much anymore. Okay. Uh, my whole body is, um, I, I'm really, that's why ecosex is good too, because it doesn't focus on genital sex. You know, I have sex now, my pussy gets that's pretty true. sore uh, pretty quick. And, I, you know, but um, that doesn't mean I can't have all kinds of pleasure. Am I TMI? Is this too much information? Oh, you're good. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's great. Good. Charles, 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 was, Charles was going outside to fuck the tree, and then I have questions. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go, hon. Um, oh. I've got to do my treatment. i got to plug myself oh. into this uh, medicine that gets pumped into me. Yeah, twice oh, a day. Oh, Eric. So, um, oh, lots hey. of love. How are your kids? Thank you. Oh, I'm cool. My kids are great. My boys are great. And uh, they're very supportive of what uh, what I have to do. But hey, I'll be finished with this in two weeks and then I'll, oh. I'll be fine. Yeah. Well, well thanks for staying so, alive and for tuning in today. 
Okay. Oh, nice bye. seeing you again. Bye. 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 Feel better. Yeah, bye. Bye. For telling bye. Bye. For being... Take care, buddy. Take care. Hey, thanks, Charles, Aaron. Listen, Charles lives bye in, bye. in the San Francisco area. Charles, how are you doing today? I am doing well. I had a wonderful morning. I went out to the farmer's market. I had a great time. The weather was beautiful. I can see what you mean about kind of like the outside and kind of the eroticism. And, you know, it's, I, you know, I think if I hadn't been born in San Francisco, I still would have ended up here. It's a beautiful city. And, you know, you look at the vistas and the, you know, oh. man, I, I love the city. Um, as far as having a question for you, I, you know, I can't believe that you've done all this performance art. I've lived in the Bay Area for like most of my life and I've never seen you do a performance. Shame on me. I'm disappointed with myself on that. Um, can you talk a little bit more about um, kind of your acting? Your, I mean, or about your performance art in terms of what yeah. truly kind of, aside from sex, what truly inspires you? Well, when I got into making porn movies, I was completely inspired by porn, by the movie Deep Throat, the movie Devil and Miss Jones. I thought sex was amazing and filmmaking was amazing and sex and film went together great as far as I can could see. And I was really interested in the raunchier, the better, the more animalistic, sexual, hardcore, the better um, at that time. And, you know, I, as I grew and changed, I tried different things. But I was always very shy, extremely shy. And uh, people will remember when porn stars started doing burlesque. We started getting offers uh, to do stage shows, and I was terrified, but I needed the money. I wanted to put myself through college, and I did. <laughs> I put myself through School of Visual Arts in Manhattan by doing uh, stripping on the road as a feature, and I was at the Mitchell Brothers tons of times. And uh, I've been there. I, I Sadly, it closed as part of the pandemic, and... I just, I find it sad. Yeah, it was pretty amazing in the 80s and uh, 90s. So I would come to San Francisco. I finally did get on stage, and I wasn't a great dancer, so I talked dirty was my thing, and I would do little skits, Nurse Sprinkle, or kind of Jane Fonda aerobic skit. I had different skits. I'd have the audience squirt me with squirt guns. And looking back, it was really kind of performance art then. But that's where I got my stage chops a bit. But <laughs> burlesque is, is, is a high art. I respect it. I love strippers. I love watching stripping and any I kind went of to sex a on burlesque stage. show. They did a burlesque thing, and I'm trying to remember where it is, on Columbus. I can't remember what the name of the place was. But it was like, it was fascinating. It was really interesting to go and to see that. Because they kind of did, they did it, it was like old school burlesque. Hmm. And it was really interesting to see. Oh, Carol Dota you're thinking of. No, it's, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a Carol Dota's. It was, I'm trying to remember. It was further down, like like from broad, off Broadway, kind of down Columbus. Well, I, um, I don't know, but I toured... You know, Ohio was my big place where I made the most money, oddly enough. And I performed mm. in Times Square and uh, Arthur Morowitz, who had Districts, owned some strip clubs. And I would kind of practice there. And but I took what I learned in performance art <laughs> and storytelling uh, from my boyfriend in my 20s was Willem de Ritter, who was a Fluxus artist and he was a storyteller, a professional storyteller. <laughs> so I would do that on stage and just kind of get the guys going. And I mean, actually what you call now, what do they call it um, on the Series X uh, radio, that kind of thing where you get guys off and you make them come. Well, I would try to get the guys in the audience 
uh, if it was legal in that particular place. I mean, right. the, the rules always change. But anyway, it was a really good practice. And then finally, in 1989, I made my first one-woman theater piece. I had dabbled in art and performance, and I wanted to tell my story. So I met a guy named Emilio Cubero, who was a director, and he helped me put together all these little kind of performance art things and texts I had written and into a one-woman show, and it was a huge hit. And I toured that for five years. It was called Postborn Modernist. And one of the things I did that became kind of legendary was I'd put a speculum in myself and open it up myself and give the audience a flashlight and they could look at my cervix. And it was called a public cervix announcement. <laughs> and, uh, and I also did a sex magic ritual where I'd use a vibrator and dildo and, and, and go into ecstasy and take prayers and wishes to the, the divine. I was exploring the idea of the sacred prostitute archetype. And that was really way more challenging and, and, and enlightening than showing my cervix, which was just kind of like show and tell. Um, but it, it would inspire people and to have less shame about their bodies. And so it was a very kind of sexual show about pornography and prostitution and my body and women's sexuality. And suddenly I started raking in big bucks too. Like I, I did pretty okay in Manhattan brothels and making porn, but nothing like performance art. So I was like, whoa, I could still do sexually explicit work, but in an art context. And like I couldn't show my cervix at Show World Center. I would be arrested. I could go to a very fine theater in, uh, you know, upstate New York, an art theater and uh, show my cervix. <laughs> or Seattle, you know, show my cervix. Next door, I remember I was in Seattle at the, like, Contemporary Art Center of some kind. And next door was a peep show, and Nina Hartley was working the peep show next door. The boots. And I was showing my cervix on stage. And uh, Nina's awesome, and she does amazing work. And I, I respect peep shows. I love peep shows. I've been to many. Uh, but I, I really got that I could do more in an art world context, oddly. So it had freedom for me. And also, you know, mainstream porn is very, it's very formulaic. And, you know, guys don't want to see, you know, your cervix, really. They want to see you uh, <laughs> get off, or, right. uh, which is great, too. But um, so I like the freedom that, that I found in art and performance. And, but I owe it all to burlesque and making porn movies and working for sex magazines. I did a lot of pin-up modeling and I was also a photographer so I photographed people so I was used to a lot of cameras a lot of events I photographed and swing clubs and kinky sex clubs uh, so I've done it a lot but you know I don't speak for the porn industry or prostitutes today I just share my history uh, I'm not up on all the latest issues then, the, then there was a time you were a, uh, a cook and a chef. I'll bring no. that up on the screen. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's my titty tort performance. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was. <laughs> that, oh, these are Kathy. Are these Kathy's pictures? No, Kathy they're, they're Bill Cates took these a long time ago, oh and I inherited God. them. Oh, fabulous. I think I sent you copies of them at one time, and we found out this, oh, this young lady was yeah. uh uh, died unexpectedly and very sad. Yeah, she was murdered. We were in touch. I was pretty sad, really sad about that. Um, she had four children, and sure. she was a mom, and she became very religious, but somehow uh, she ended up in an abusive husband relationship, and he shot her, sadly. What, what year would this have been when you're making the um, Oh, Titty Torts. Uh, I don't know. Like, gosh, I'm guessing 95, maybe 92, 
something like that. Yeah. It was in Times Square at a porn movie shop with DVDs. No, there were before DVDs, VHS videotape store in Times Square. And we were celebrating somebody's birthday or anniversary. So I, Athena was great. And she was a gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful model, actually. And she started posing. I met her through Mistress Antoinette, um, who would photograph her in her fetish clothing catalogs. So Athena was wonderful. So I would put doilies around my boobies and put chocolate frosting and then put sprinkles, of course. And then I would put candles and light them and whoever's birthday it was could blow them out and lick the frosting. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah. Then, um, then you did uh, receive the uh, Legends of Erotica uh, Award as well, too. These are some shots of that uh, from with Bill Margold at the theater in in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. Hmm. I I put my boobs in cement. Yes, you did. Right there. Yeah. And it was cold. <laughs> <laughs> I think the uh, cement was too wet, and I didn't quite take, but they, I think they sculpted it a little bit. It was hella fun, and I was fun. very honored. I've been in all four points hall of, halls of fame. I never actually won a kind of a, did I? How, did I win? I got a lifetime achievement from all porn halls of fame, but I never won awards. Uh, like for acting or sex scene or anything like that. I just was too, I think I was too freaky and eclectic. And, uh, you know, I, honestly, there were much better porn stars <laughs> than me. Right. So uh, mm. I had enthusiasm, but, um, you know, who could compare to Vanessa Del Rio? Sure. <laughs> the last time I saw you was, at uh, David Bertolino's Cupcake Theater event you were at. Mm. And that was a, a fun night of legendary proportion because you had uh, Kelly Nichols and, and uh, uh, Serena was there and, and uh, yeah. uh, Rhonda Joe Petty and Ginger Lynn. So it was quite, a, quite an event there too. So, and Ginger's there as well too. So mm. that was, a, that was, a, certainly that was great, yeah. And then there was that Legends of Porn book that came out. Yeah. And a lot of us were there, about, I don't know, 12, 15 of us from the Golden Girl era. Golden Goddesses. Golden Goddesses. Oh, Howie, I like your, I mean, Richard, your background. Where are you in your office? My bedroom. Wow. I got some Chachka collection. Free market <laughs> specials for 30 years. Oh, my gosh. You know, I came across a picture of your penis just today. <laughs> I was looking for that. I did. Yeah, I didn't have I, it. I'm making a list of my archive materials, <laughs> and there was your peanut, penis and peanuts, and you signed fucking it. Nuts. Like, fucking nuts. Yeah, fucking nuts. And uh, signed to me. So it's, I think it's going to end up at Harvard, actually. I had a call, I think, from that same lady at Harvard, uh, Candida, the one writing Candida's book. Yeah? Well, interestingly, yeah. Yeah. In yeah. Interestingly, Harvard is now the go-to place for porn stars' archives. They have Candida. They have Margaret St. James. Oh, very important, everybody. May 1st, Margaret St. James started the sex worker rights, prostitutes' rights, movement in the United States. She passed away a few months ago, and I've been working on her memorial. And on May 1st, 11 a.m. California time, so that's 12, 1, 2 o'clock New York time, right. you can go to margaretstjames.com and get a ticket, and it's free, or you can make a donation to help pay for the production People all around the world have been making little videos and homages. And there's a website, margotstjames.com, where her history and, and all our um, 
a lot of information is going to be for years to come, but right now this is a big deal uh, to celebrate her legacy. So I, I really highly recommend anyone who cares about sex work, decriminalizing prostitution, um, and uh, to, to sign in, uh, but also sexy friends. I just got Zavira Hollander, the happy hooker, to make a little video. And, and it'll be a, quite a history lesson. A lot of us old-timers who were part of the prostitutes' rights movement, which I was since 1975, um, are creating this international event. Uh, it's really sad to me that prostitution is still illegal, an illegal thing. Uh, it's absolutely tragic, devastating, and wrong, and it needs to be decriminalized. So that's an issue I'm really passionate about. Um, you know, prostitutes are on the front lines of feminism, of sexual freedom, all of it. And it's, it's really sad. I'm really sad about what happened um, in Georgia with the massage parlor shootings. Um, so I don't know if they were doing prostitution. Nobody's quite, uh, it doesn't matter. He, he thought they were. Sure. Phil, Phil is with us, and uh, Phil, what's going on today? Not much. Uh, thanks, Patrick. Um, Ms. Sprinkle, Annie, uh, uh, it's, it's a, I don't really have a question this week. Uh, I just want to say it's a pleasure. I would have never imagined that I would ever have an opportunity to you know, chat with you one-on-one -on -one like this, and uh, I've been a huge fan my entire life. Thank you. And uh, it's, it's a pleasure to, to speak with you like this and just keep doing what you're doing. I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but um, I did it my way, and um, I'm doing okay. And doing, I've been lucky, and I appreciate what you hear. Your compliments, thank you. All right, um, thanks a lot, Phil. Hey, Sean Elliott is with us, and Sean is a veteran of uh, the Blue Screen. And Sean, how are we doing today? Doing good, Patrick. How are you? Hey. Hey. Hey, Annie. Sean. Hi, nice to see you. It's really nice to see you. Um, we've met. I, I was in the business in, uh, came in about 1981, made nine or 10, 11 movies and left about 84. I was pursuing other acting things. You're in New York. I was in New York. So it's like they were filming Another World on Avenue M and getting extra parts and things like that, but I, I thoroughly loved it. I actually auditioned, uh, and I think I was at your place. I auditioned for Jared Damiano, and you were right behind him, and there, and you talked with me, and he spoke with me, and sadly, I didn't get the part, but I got a part that, oh, it was all right. I think I, I did a movie afterwards. I was just flipped out seeing Damiano and you. So Aww. it was so cool. But I wrote notes as I'm listening to you, Annie. And, oh, and I just want to say one other thing. A few years ago, I had left the business mentally a long time ago. And about three years ago, somebody got in touch with me from Rialto, Ashley West, somehow. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it happened. I don't remember that. What I remember was I had made a comment from something, and you replied to the comment. And I spoke to you on the phone, and you said to me, and I had told you I had only done a few movies, and you said to me, and I've said it to the group here, you said, doesn't matter if you do one or if you do a hundred or a thousand, we're family, you know what it's like. So yeah. you made an impression on me a few years ago. What I'm thinking about today is it's the messenger. My mom always said, you know, don't sell yourself short, son. I'm looking at everybody. I was looking at Rod, Eric and Howie, me, everybody here, Kathy. And when you speak, we smile. Uh -huh. You make a lot of people seriously relevant. <laughs> and, you know, you're a Salvador Dali. Jimi Hendrix oh. said, and I, I saw Hendrix a lot. I got a piece oh, of the wow. guitar. Jimi Hendrix said, uh, on Dick Cavett, uh, you got to wake up the sleeping people. <laughs> and 
it's the messenger, Annie, what closes the deal. Uh, I can't walk in there. Richard Pacheco might. I don't know how he can, but I don't know if, uh, you know, an actor can. But if you walk in, and I can, if you walk in to the Guggenheim, you can do that. And you have awakened, you've interrupted the pattern of a thought process and elevated and changed it. Very few people do that. Yes. And that's a fact. And I want you to know that. It's a fact. You, yes. Warhol, you, Hendricks. This is important stuff because, and what you said about water, by the way, my life changed and I own a swimming pool company. So I have told my, oh. the wives of my customers, now I'm afraid to do it, but I used to say, sit by those jets. And they all smile and laugh and then they buy the pool. So trust me, I'm with you on that. But yeah. I, I, there's other people that want to talk with a little bit of time, but you carry the message well. And... Uh, it's very, and I, and I, I lost a, a son a few months ago, and oh. I'm listening to, Eric, to uh, Rob about his cancer and you about your cancer. I firmly believe with our age and a lot of people that go through emotional chaos can either die or reawaken and change their pattern and deliver something. So whatever that message that you're doing, keep doing it because it's strong, and people like me, uh, listen to it. It's very cool. It's refreshing and it's intelligent. And uh, if they say you go girl, that's good stuff. <laughs> so I'm not going to talk about penis and fucking because I did that too for 12 movies. And I, I know it's like, and I can't get it off half the time anyway anymore. So I'm going to go through a tree <laughs> or an orchid and have a good life. <laughs> but thank you for listening to me. It's, it's really great to see you. Really. Thank you so much. And thank you for Putting in pools and hot tubs, that's an important thing. Very sexy. When you get to Ohio, <laughs> come in my pool, literally, come in my pool. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I will. We're okay. actually doing a road trip, a book tour for our book. Um, we're going to drive cross-country and back. We love a road trip. And, um, you and uh, Beth, come. I'm in Columbus. If you go with Pat, oh. I'll give you my information. Yeah, for sure. I'd love uh -huh. to see you. Oh, well that'd spoken, be awesome. Well-spoken. Well, if anyone knows like a bookstore or a gallery or something that might want to bring us, we're going to yeah, German drive village. our well, camper and, and do some readings, walkings, outdoor things, and uh, talk about eco-sex. Ohio people. State, baby. German yeah. village is eclectic. <laughs> Ohio State. We'll talk. Oh, yeah. We'll get, get you around with that. I'm speaking of burlesque, as I said in... Uh, Cleveland, Ohio is the new era burlesque theater. It was the absolute wildest place of all the places. It was uh, owned by the Greek, supposedly Greek mafia. <clears throat> and uh, they had a bar on one side and then on stage, it's pretty awesome theater. And some really excellent dancers. And then they go to the bar and pick up guys and often leave or, or hassle drinks. But as a feature, I didn't have to do that. But I was like, I mean, I did. I got fisted on stage. I did golden showers on stage. I could do all this wild stuff. Veronica Vera actually came, and Mark Stevens came there, and other people I knew would just come to Ohio. To do it there, yeah. To do it because we had you had freedom in Ohio that we didn't have. I think you were in the flats. I think it was an area oh. called the flats. If I, I by the water, by where the football stadiums mm. were, that was an area. And it was yeah, open maybe. season because the people you talked about ran the area and you could, you could do your art. I think that's where I did a drive-in movie thing too. When Deep Inside Annie Sprinkle came out, I, I had the most fun. I did uh, an appearance at a drive-in movie theater. They were like, 800 car I don't know huge amount of cars and it was so full and I was up in the booth talking to the cars like blink your lights if you're looking for love uh first person to bring in their underwear get some free popcorn yes yeah. <laughs> and it was so I just it was like a, a concert of lights and horn honking and underwears flying and I that was in Ohio, and uh, so I have fond memories of Ohio. And well, I, I hope we see you. I hope we see you. 
Actually, my co-author for my book is at University of Ohio, Jenny Klein in the art department uh, worked with Beth and I on the book. So we will definitely be going to Athens, Ohio. Uh, yep. to see her. And yeah, so so stay in touch. My yes. email is um, Annie at Annie at AnnieSprinkle.org. Okay. And I also have a new website if anyone's interested in seeing kind of what I'm up to now with Beth. Um, It's Sprinkle Stevens, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S, SprinkleStevens.com, dot org, sorry. Is your phone number still ending 23? Yeah, yeah. You told me. We talked, honey. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, so nice to see yeah, nice yeah, yeah. You look totally familiar. I'm in my sixties too. You. I, I got. We had no <laughs> Yes, thank yeah. you. Well, good yeah. for you. you. Look- and I'm yeah. sorry about your son. Oh, thank God. you. Uh, thank you, Annie. That was one of those things about your career. You had other performers who had inside Desiree Cousteau and inside Seca, but you had deep inside <laughs> Annie Sprinkle, and and, and also <laughs> Vanessa Del Rio had deep inside Vanessa Del Rio. So yeah, uh, I came up with the deep. There you go. Yeah. Hey, Aaron is with us from Florida. Aaron, how are you doing today? Doing good, Kurt. Thank you. Uh, sorry, my throat's a little sore. I um, had a pretty, pretty fun day out there at Epcot in Disney Springs. Uh, Glenn and her family, and that was a, a real treat. Um, I just want to say thank you for showing up tonight. It's been a privilege hearing your stories and about your career, and I to follow up on some of that with a technically two-parter question. Um, the first one is, is we talked to Veronica Vera, and I believe that was last week, and said that you did a lot of erotic type of photography. And, I can't and, hear anything. Hello? Just a second. Okay. Is, there, is there a reason? Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, we're good, Aaron. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so let me, um, let me get back to what I was saying then. I do apologize. Um, where, where did I leave off where you couldn't hear me, Annie? Veronica Vera said I did erotic photography. Yeah. Yes. And, um, she said that you did uh, erotic photography and she showed us, I think a picture that, uh, you took of her on the zoom session that we had with her. And I was wondering if you sold those prints that you did of your fellow uh, co-stars, if you uh, sold uh, reproductions of those prints. Also, if maybe you were thinking about maybe putting like an art book together, uh, because I think a lot of us would be interested in that. Mm-hmm. And then the second question that I had for you is um, you, you know, you worked with one of my all-time favorites, and she's now passed recently. And I would love to know what it was like to work with Samantha Fox. Oh, yeah, she was great. Yeah, I think she she would probably pass from COVID, actually. She had some other issues, but I think people, you know, it wasn't definite, but they really thought it was COVID. Yeah, she was uh, delightful, cheery, fun, loving, joyful, uh, and, in, you know, a great actress. Um, she got all the big roles and the starring roles. I didn't think of myself as an actress. Uh, I have some nice pictures that I took of her. I actually have quite an archive of pictures. I worked for all the sex magazines as a photographer, Penthouse Letters. I did a column for Adam Magazine every month for 10 years. As soon as I got my period, my column was due. <laughs> and, uh, and I shot for uh, Penthouse Hot Talk, a, a Wii, um, High Society, Sherry, all of them. And I do, I, there is a deck of playing cards, cards that I made in like 94, I think. It's called Annie Sprinkle's Postmodern Pinup Pleasure Activist Playing Cards. And I put it together with a friend named Catherine Gates. And you can find them on eBay occasionally. I think they sell for $75 to $150. Steve's got them there. Steve's got a deck of them there. We'll talk to him next. Oh, 
Yeah, and uh, so that was kind of my book of photographs, and it comes with a booklet, and it's it's a really beautiful mm -hmm. deck. I'm really proud of it. Uh, Toshin never liked my work, I think, because I like to go. I was really going for more. Um, wasn't so focused on erotic so much as personality and fun, sexy fun, and and conceptual ideas, but. I did make some Polaroid transfers, big Polaroid transfers, which I sold. Um, I, there were only about 30 of them, or 40, and they're really beautiful. Um, would you like to see my office? I'll show you. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I have a Polaroid uh, transfer here. Um, here's, like, my office. Um, there's a Polaroid transfer on the wall. Let's see. Uh, this is all my, this is some porn awards and shots, because yeah. Howie, I'm, I'm rivaling, nice. there's my uh, golden penis, um, and oh, uh, this, there's a few awards, I got some awards here, and which I always appreciate, but there's a Polaroid transfer of Linda Montano, an artist, so those are very rare. Oh. And, uh, but I would like to, here's books. This is uh, called Hardcore from the Heart. Um, books I've done, Spectacular Sex, which went out of print. Um, this you might like. This I'm very proud of. This my last little book, Explorer's Guide to Planet Orgasm. And it's all about orgasm and nothing but orgasm. And it's really good. And it's only like $12 on Amazon. It's really good. So anyway, there's some old DVDs and some of my books, Postborn Modernists, in, in multiple languages. It's in Hebrew. It's in <laughs> Italian and French. And uh, so my stuff's kind of rare. Um, let's see. There's little this, little that, little gifts. Here's a little, the door. Anyway, this is was my office, but now it's my guest room. And, uh, oh, here's an interesting photo. Um, this is Beth and I, before we got together, we did this photo shoot. Can you see that? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's a really nice photograph, and it's been in some exhibitions. So we, we, uh, we show some work sometimes, but we're too busy to make prints, and maybe one day I'll show you some boobies. <laughs> There's a close-up. Thank you, thank you. 65 and still doing it, but um, 66. I know, I never thought I'd be showing my boobs and at my age, but I, I think it's more radical to show them when you're 65 than when you're 18 or 20. Oh, oh, Steve, uh, why don't you deal us in on on that deck of cards? Tell us how you got a hold of those. Yeah. Well, I got these. Uh, you did a um, a talk and signing at Tower Books when they existed on Lafayette Street in the, in New York, and I was there. And it's faded, but it uh, you know it does have your you did sign them. You did sign the uh, the box, and I've got the cards here. Oh yeah. Um, but my question for you is uh, to and thank you. Oh, thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you for giving us your time and um, being here. But my question is more like you collaborated a, in a few films with uh, from uh, with Monica Troit. Oh. And I'd like to know how the how that originally came about. Because I actually saw uh, My Father is Coming in the theater. It played at uh, the Bleecker Street Cinema when it opened. And I was there to see it. But I'd like to know wow. how, that, uh, how, that, how your collaboration with Monica came about. Wow, I'm so glad you asked, Steve, because I have news in that regard. By the way, your background rocks. Thank I you. I love it. You're inspiring me. I actually have photos of my name on the show world marquee I should use for my backdrop. But uh, 
That's cool. Um, Monica Choid is a German independent filmmaker, a lesbian who made some kind of really important queer films, documentaries. And My Father Was Coming is a, a fiction film. But she has a brand new film that's just coming out that Beth and I are a big part of. It's called Generation. And it just premiered at the Berlin Alley Film Festival. There is a trailer up, I think, on YouTube, Generation. And 20-something years ago, she made a film called Gender Knots about the trans community that was emerging and drag king shows. And um, it's a really great important film of a certain era of time and she decided to update where are they now and i was in the first film because i was a big trans ally person and i want kind of a muse of hers as she says in the film and <clears throat> so she came back to san francisco she stayed at our house a couple months and and re-interviewed the people that were in gender knots for generation and where are they now? And it's, it's really good. So you can check out both those trailers. And she's, we're going to see her. Actually, we're going to the Porn Film, Fil Porn Film Festival in Berlin in October. Because I am still very interested in pornography. And it's the most important porn film festival in the world. And he's going to be showing our Water Makes Us Wet film as well as generation so we're going to have a big reunion and i was at the first porn film festival and now it's just gotten really big and it's amazing and <clears throat> i've been invited to go but it's never been able to so um <clears throat> there you go ha and i'm glad we all survived that coronavirus man that was like aids uh the aids uh Great dying all over again. It was pretty intense, but we're getting through it. Um, yeah, I get my get my second shot on Monday, so tomorrow. So we're we're making it through. So Steve, thanks a lot for for being yeah. with us tonight and showing us a, a good yeah. deck of cards. Let's Thank let's wrap you. things up with uh, Richard yeah. Pacheco. Always likes to throw in a, a little uh, caveat at the end and and kind of sum things up. And I'll turn it over to you, Richard. Well, thank you very much. Um, you know, Andy, usually Patrick has me do that at the beginning of the show. And so this time I actually wrote something down. And oh. I'll, I'll read it to you now because I'd, I'd love to. And this, this echoes what Sean was getting at. Um, amongst the pioneers, the founders of the X-rated oh. industry, we have a Renaissance woman in Annie Sprinkle. Oh. A stage performer, a film actress, an artist, a writer, a photographer, a feminist, an organizer, and an activist who continues to blossom now for over five decades. I am in awe of this woman for her heart, her humanity, and her body of work. I want to just recall that when I was a younger man in the early 70s, the legacy of women in porn was one of shame. The idea was that men who fucked around were studs. Women who fucked around were whores. They were to be shamed. They were to be abused. And the women who worked in porn were women who were desperate and had no other place to go. You blew that apart. <laughs> you came in there as a whole human being and said, I like to fuck. Come and fuck me. Look at my titties. <laughs> wow. You blew it up. I just was, wow. <laughs> and you lived that life, you know. You've, you're, I understand a little more about you now from what you said at the beginning of this show with your parents being activists and stuff. You're the perfect storm. The combination oh, of having that kind of training and that kind of political insight and turning it to sex and being an unabashed, unashamed woman who learned to live in her body way before most women even thought that that was possible. So I love you. I thank you. Your life is an inspiration to all of us. Oh, Howie. You make me cry. What a wrap-up. <laughs> See, I call on the big dogs on stuff like this. <laughs> well, this is, uh, thank you, Howie. Uh, Richard. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that was 
Very moving. You know, I, I've come a long way. <laughs> yes, you have. And you've I, taken us with you. Uh, thank you. I feel very blessed. I'm very privileged. And not everybody is as privileged or as lucky. And it's been hella fun. And I do hope uh, we've all, everybody here on this call has made the world a more sex positive place just by being pleasure appreciators. And uh, Richard, you've done your part of turning on a lot of people and making the world more fulfilled. So thank you for that and um, everyone. And for the fans too. I mean, the people who watched us, we need those exhibitionists needed the voyeurs <laughs> badly. Uh, and, and I just, I'm very in love with all of you with, everything you know i've got chickens outside the window that are squawking and there's a rooster i've got my dog on the bed i love animals i love our planet i love the water i'm just so oh, my love has just grown and it sounds corny but um we have to we have to decriminalize prostitution this is really important uh I can't believe we didn't accomplish that. So tune in May 1st for Marco's thing. I'm also doing something for Earth Day. Uh, with, um, Carol Queen is going to interview Beth and I about eco-sex on Earth Day, and that's through Good Vibrations. And Susan Weed, this world-famous herbalist, has a website. We're going to be talking with her, which is going to be really interesting because she's a powerhouse and a wise woman so um i hope to see you all and i wish you all well keep wearing those masks and stay safe and stay alive and and yeah let's love each other more <laughs> okay well thank you very much annie it's just a, it's been such a privilege to have you with us today and and everybody is really appreciated i'm glad everybody was here to uh say howdy and and uh, we really appreciate you being here. And we'll, we'll get your links up online here in a little bit. But really, thank you very much for, oh, thank for being you. here.